On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside episode 900 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt Robinson with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, as you've heard a time or two. Just wanted to acknowledge the occasion here briefly before we kick things off. This is our 900th episode, uh, which is somewhat unfathomable. Uh, I don't really know. What I expected when we sat down in May of 2015 and Rob and I uh, recorded the first episode of the show, there was a lot of unknowns at that point. I'm not sure I would have said at that point we would make it to 900 shows. And uh, yet here we are. And uh, with an audience that has grown with us, uh, some people who've been here since day one, some people, obviously, that we've gathered along the way. We appreciate you all. Uh, it's really exciting that you take time out of your week every week to join us, um, whether it's just for that Monday morning, kind of pick me up as we get off and going. Some of you join us for everything we do. Uh, we have added guests along the way, and that's been super exciting. We really appreciate all of you. Um, this has been a hell of a ride. The show has morphed as we've gone. Um, it started out with almost no guests. It was just kind of that TCA crew. It was Rob and myself, mainly, uh, Maddie Lang would jump in. Amy Burke would jump in. Nate Sager early on would jump in. Um, and then, you know, we started to add some guests as we went and then we sort of shied away from that a little bit. And then the pandemic put us in a place where we almost had to start doing it again. Uh, and now we're coming out of that portion and, and trying to get things back on track. So um, it's been a bit of a ride. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. And like I said, whether you've been here the entire time or whether you have found us along the way, we appreciate you. We are glad that you are along with us. And uh, honestly, we do not take lightly the fact that there's like a thousand podcasts out there and uh, we we don't take lightly the fact that, that you choose to join us and spend some time with us every week. So thank you so much for that. Um, that's about it. We're not going to make a big thing out of this. This is episode 900. Uh, there are, I, I can't tell you how many hours on either side, whether it be prep or trying to find guests or researching this and that. Um, and then post you know, in terms of producing and editing and putting different, I can't tell you how many hours have gone into this outside of the 900 actual episodes. So, um, this is super fun. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Um, some of the friends we've made along the way are here today. 
Um, the pandemic helped us reach out and grab some new guests, some new friends of the show. Steve Bunda and Graham Creech are here to help us mark the uh, 900th show. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And I, I think it's kind of neat that symbolically, uh, some of these friends that we've made along the way are going to be part of uh, episode 900. So we're not going to drag this out. We won't say uh, a whole lot more than that. I personally want to say thank you to Rob Christie and Amy Burke, to Michaela Schreider and Maddie Lang, along with everyone else who has helped us along the way. On behalf of the entire TCA crew, we thank you and hope that you enjoy episode 900 and everything that comes next here on the Tall Can Audio Podcast. With that in mind, let's go. You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson. Welcome to Talk Can Audio, an all-new episode from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. It's a show so nice, we've done it twice. Back in the uh, in the TCA studio with me, Graham Creech, Steve Bunda. Thanks for coming back, boys. <laughs> Don't thank us, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is a blast and a great setup. We, uh, we, we had two shows to get to. We had, uh, of course... Uh, UFC, I keep mixing them up, eh? I want to go, this is TCA 890 whatever, covering UFC 290 whatever. Uh, this is, what are we doing? UFC 298? 268. Jesus. You think I could keep this straight? We hit 267 last week. Uh, turned out to be a really good card. Hope you all enjoyed that. Um, 268. We just didn't have time. We had uh, too much to cover, too much to get to. Uh, so we will get to uh, UFC 268, my lord, um, in this episode. Really appreciate you guys coming back. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Audio, Facebook.com slash Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Before we get into the uh, into the fights, you guys know what we like to do here. So uh, what are we sipping on tonight? Well, I went with a nice market brewing bear hug IPA. Uh, beautiful, bright orange can, um, <laughs> fresh from the market, it says, Ontario. Um, so I'm going to give that one a whirl. The Bear Hug IPA, right, mm-hmm. not, right up against the cage. <laughs> Creech, what do you got going on? I've got a Hop Valley Bubble Stash IPA. It's a tropical IPA, and tropical. I've never had it before. All right. I'm going with one I've had a few times before, uh, but I've always enjoyed it. Uh, this is out of the Perth Brewing Company. Uh, the Bonfire Black Lager. Um, this is just a 5% kind of, uh, obviously, black lager, right? So uh, this one has come in handy a few times uh, just in the sense that um, that Perth area, I know I know plenty of people who like to shop there on our trip back and forth between, mm-hmm. you know, cottage country for me down near Peterborough and uh, whatever. So some people can go shopping if we have to pull over. Some of us can stumble right into the Perth Brewing Company and pull up a chair. 
and uh, and sample a few things. It actually shares a parking lot with Wendy's, so it's actually a pretty nice place to stop for a half hour if you need to. Grab yourself a Baconator, exactly. go over and grab some pints. Exactly. But uh, there's... It's fun to get in two birds stoned at once right there. That's right. You might as well take advantage of that area. And then uh, you got another good Weatherheads in Perth as well. That's another good uh, little craft brewery. And That's where they are, right? Yeah. yeah right, try more of their stuff. Yeah, right off of uh, Main Street, just a little bit uh, farther down. But okay. yeah, and then you've got... Uh, a couple of uh, nice little spots, and uh, the girlfriend likes to go there and uh, explore. So, yeah, I've uh, our, our mutual friend there, Steve Lloyd, at some point, um, mm. he posted a picture during his summer vacation of three different beers he had tried. One was Weatherhead, one was Perth, and one was from somewhere else. And I had to send him a text and just said, You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I've been able to, without even using GPS, pinpoint the general area you vacation. <laughs> was it was it stalwart? <laughs> it was. It was. Stalwart, I, I was yeah. going to say all in that right area, yeah. right? Because they're just off uh, the highway there in in Carlton Place, they make some I believe. Really nice stuff too. Yeah, they they actually have a lot of really cool. and They got some cool cans as well. Right, uh, Doctor Fieldgood, I think one of them yep. after Motley Crue. I was all about that. <laughs> That brought me in, but no, that's, yeah, Steve Lloyd was heading the area up. Yeah, no, you could tell where he was uh, for sure. I want to ask you guys, before we get into 268, you have a choice. I don't, you can just, you can choose a main event if you want. You don't have to, though. If you have anywhere in the world, though, that you can go and see a UFC card uh, and and just take in the crowd, um, you know, maybe the main eventer is is part of the reason that the crowd's so great or the location's so great. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a, an arena. Maybe it's just a city. But uh, you're going to go anywhere in the world on your uh, your dream fight vacation to uh, to watch the UFC. What do you got in mind? Wow. That's uh, that's hitting us right off the top. Uh, man, I've uh, I've been to a couple events. I, I won in Montreal, but it was um, one of Chuck Liddell's last fights. He, he fought Shogun Ruan, got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anderson Silva... Pretty much handled Amy and Maya. It wasn't a very entertaining fight. Uh, I remember Czech Congo fought uh, a couple of the bigs, but I, I, if I can go back in a time machine or even in just the yep. future, but you know, give me, uh, uh, I want to see GSP. He's been one of my favorite athletes ever, but in Montreal, give me Be- uh, Bell Center. Um, I want to see that. That would, but that would be one I, I would love to see because um, uh, just watching on TV, you could hear the crowd through it all the time. Creech? kind of stole mine so i'll go gsp in vegas okay uh you know what he uh when he was headlining i you know what i'm gonna change it again Derek lewis in houston no No, because he lost (laughs) (laughs) but uh i go with uh, wherever he said my balls is hot was that in new brunswick (laughs) or no he he fought in new brunswick and i think that was the fight that he called out uh ronda rousey yeah, I, I think that was in New Brunswick. Anyways, I'll go GSP, MSG, mm. Michael Bisping. I was uh, so nervous for that fight. Like, I felt like I was going to throw up. Like, not actually, but yeah. I th- when GSP fights, I get insanely nervous. Like, don't talk to me. I'm not, not mm-hmm. looking at my phone, not talking to anyone, focused. I'm so nervous for him every minute of the fight. And... Uh, and that was cool. That was to see what it was two and a half, three years. I think it was over three year layoff, come back and, and get a finish. Remember he was being criticized oh, for yeah. not finishing. He comes back and he finishes that middleweight, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Bisping, after all the, the smack talk leading up to that. that that's probably where I'd go. Yeah, MSG, GSP. It, it's funny too, because I thought you might do, uh, you know, even a Nick or Nate Diaz in California. Mm. That would be, that'd be one where I think where just the crowd would be, like you said, unreal. 
I don't know. What, what about you, Maddie? Well, I hate to say it, guys, but I've seen GSP in Montreal. <laughs> Bastard. It was incredible. It was incredible. It was when he was returning from some time off and uh, was facing Carlos Condit. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think, 2014. Um, okay. Incredible. Incre- and and you get kind of swept up in the whole joie de vivre of the Bell Center, right? right. Uh, you guys know I'm a Leaf guy from way back, but when when Cote was in there at the end of the prelims and then when GSP was in there, I was all in on the oh, ole, yeah. ole, ole, ole. Um, it was unreal. The I think it was the second round Condit had him in trouble and um, the crowd was freaking out, but for the rest of it, like GSP just doing what he does, mm-hmm. right? On top of you, just, um, that is probably the loudest sporting event I've ever been to. Uh, and it, it was, it was fantastic, right? Just, just to be in that vibe and, and to see, cause I'm, I'm like you guys, right? Like GSP for, for a couple Canadian fighting fans, that's, that's as big as it gets, right? And so mm-hmm. to have got, had the chance to see him in, in Montreal was awesome. So I don't so know. What if, would you pick then? So yeah, you've, exactly. You've seen what we're dreaming of. <laughs> what would you go with? We're I'm, city. I, again, if, the, if we get to use the time machine a little bit too, Connor in Ireland would mm-hmm. be fun. You know, those soccer crowds indoor. He's, a, he's wanted to do a, a stadium in Ireland, but even in the arena, you know, the they have their chance and that'd be fun. But I think I just. I don't know if it would matter necessarily what the main event would be, but I want to go to Vegas, right? Yeah, I want to see too. it on the home turf um, and and get that kind of passionate crowd that has come from all over the world for a big card like that, a UFC 200, a UFC 100, a, you know, something big like that, um, mm-hmm. and, and just take it all in in Vegas and see everything that goes into that all weekend, right? You get the weigh-ins excuse me, when those are open to the crowds and, uh, I don't know, just the vibe of the city. I I think it's so, so established or so tied to Vegas. I think, uh, yeah, cause, cause GSP in Montreal was probably my dream one too. And so once I got it, uh, that was, uh, that was, I I was also down in Vegas, not for a fight. I was on in Vegas on vacation when GSP fought at the dome. And so I went into this kind of UFC store that they had at the back of one of the hotels and the guy said, so where are you from? I said, uh, you know, just outside Toronto. And he goes, what are you doing down here? <laughs> like you are the only fight fan in the world who came to Vegas this weekend from Toronto. Um, so that was interesting too. But I, yeah, I think, I, I think I'd want to go to uh, to Vegas and, and just see something in the, the heart of their territory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many entertaining, and you brought up Connor, and that's one, and you know, I threw the Diaz brothers up uh, for Creech in California, because that's one where you know the crowd's always going for those guys like they're just guys you want to watch just brawl yeah um but there's you know the even this new guy he just made his his ufc debut and he uh is patty the batty uh pimblet and he, he's a you know from the uk he's just a you know a good english guy but <laughs> funny and in his first fight like he almost gets knocked out in the first round but then he comes back he he just takes some shots and he fights and you know he's calling himself the next kind of connor he'll be bigger than connor and right. he's someone that i'm curious to see he's got the the haircut it looks like he just threw a bowl over his head and he made the cut happen but uh crazy fighting style but the fans love him and he's a, a guy that, had that if, cut if, during if, the pandemic yeah oh 100 like. <laughs> but it's just like if this guy can live up to the height that he's 
he's bringing himself. It's like, that's going to be another international superstar. It's like, okay, let's see what this guy can do. And, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty big into a couple guys that aren't quite fan favorites just yet. Um, like I love my sugar Sean O'Malley right yes. now. Um, he's a guy that I want to see get mo- a little bit more love. Uh, and we're going to see him maybe get some bigger cards once he gets into his next contract. That's what he's been hinting at. Uh, his but, name always stands out to me now when I see him because you're always bringing him up. I'm like, oh, there's, yeah. there's Bun's oh, guy. He's right? so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's just, he's a guy too that I think he knows how to market and brand himself. Like he's making more money streaming off of his name, doing his Twitch and video games and yeah. everything else like that and his, his clothing lines. And it's like this guy when he fights is just knocking guys out and he's just a monster. Um, and, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to finish off my two fights here. I'm not going to fight anyone big. And then I'm going to, you know, because he knows what money he can bring to the UFC. Um, if he can get there. And it's just like you, you could see how these guys are starting to understand. Connor kind of led the way with right. marketing yourself. Yes. And that's such a big thing to they do in the UFC. star. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And they All need right. that. Just one more for fun. Max Holloway in Hawaii. Oof. Okay. I don't, have we ever seen? I'm sure we must have, right? They must have had a fight night in Hawaii think so, or something. I think he's Never? been pushing for that. That'd be among other do it right people, on the obviously. beach, eh? Yeah, yes. Actually, it could be like... Um, like SummerSlam on the beach? I was going to say, like Bash, Bash on the beach. beach. Yeah, WCW <laughs> used to have that spring break nitro with a pool around the ring. That was kind of... <laughs> well, we got hyped up about... Um, not to rip on, but Fight Island, right? They yep. said that they would have the octagon on the beach, and then they built yeah. one, but it was just for photos. Yeah. And it was like, come on, I want to see these guys fight, but I guess the way that the timing would work in terms of how they would air it, they wanted to make it... Um, like where we're watching it at 10 o'clock at night, but right. really it's like 5 a.m. Yes, so it's going to be light <laughs> over there. takes you out of the moment, I guess. And the heat, right? and like, it's just, it's completely different. I was honestly envisioning, like when he started talking crazy, and everybody thought it was crazy. When he said Fight Island, you're like, what is this maniac talking about, right? Like, Dana White. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I was expecting like this very small, like um, almost cartoonishly Bugs Bunny Mm-hmm. Island that barely had room for the coaches and stuff around the octagon, like, and the rest of it was just going to be, you know, sharks swimming around the outside of it. Like or Connor's something. yacht is bigger than the island. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. man. That would have been incredible. So, um, look, we've uh, we got into UFC 267 last week when you guys were here, and before we fired up and while we were talking about it, there, creature, you had said you were sort of more, you know, you were looking forward to 267, but 268 was the one that you really had your eye on. Stacked, yeah. So that is now, you know, only, you know, a day and a half away. Um, what is it about that one that made you, and again, I, I, I don't want to make it seem like you were looking past 267, but why was this one the one you were more looking to? Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm a big Kamaru Usman fan. Uh, and so A, starting with the main event and fighting Covington for a second time, a guy that he, that he, the hate, the guys that hate each other. Yes. So there's that thug Rose. Uh, she might be my, <laughs> she's top five, uh, favorite fighters of mine for sure. Right. Um, and, and so nervous for her going into this one, but, uh, also excited. Justin Gaethje, who doesn't like watching Justin Gaethje no, fight. Fantastic. Uh, even Frankie Edgar, if you yes. want to go in the way back machine. <laughs> um, this is, uh, I I'd say there were pieces of two, 67 that um, were sprinkled throughout the card that were intriguing for sure, like heading into it. Yeah. This mm-hmm. one is probably a little more top heavy. Um, so they're so both good, but really want to see Usman and really want to see Doug Rose. Yeah, I, I think I feel a, kind of similarly, and, and Bunda, you're normally able to kind of dig deeper into these cards than I am. You both are a little bit, but this one, I, th- that's a great way to put it. It's top heavy. I think up and down, 
the 267 card, there were things I wanted to see in each fight. Um, whereas 268, that's one I'm buying for the three top fights, right? It, mm-hmm. And they all look very entertaining. I'm not going to repeat everything Creech just said because I feel largely the same way. Um, what did you think of this one when you looked at it in comparison to 267 there, Bunda? Which one was more your, you know, the, the jewel of your eye? Yeah, both both had my eye. I think 267 a little bit more because they had the extra fight, the sixth fight on yeah. the on the main card. Um, and, and just a couple of fighters that I'm, I'm learning and, and are, are hungry and new that I, I'm really excited to kind of watch Bud into stars, right? But you look at you have 268 and it's, it's, it's pretty stacked, like you said. It's top heavy, but if you want to go into it, like the featherweight bout, Right after, or sorry, right before Gaethje and Chandler, you know, Shane Burgos, he's a guy that I, uh, you know, when he was here in Ottawa for UFC a couple of years ago, uh, you know, had the ability to meet and talk to, and he's just a funny dude, just a really good guy, and he's had some interesting fights, and he's exciting to watch, but, you know, he's going up against Billy Quantilo, and, like, he's a guy that, um, you know, I, I don't know much about, but I'm expecting some some fireworks, and as Creech said, you look at the first fight of the night, you got Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera, like, yeah. Okay, another bantamweight fight with some some recognizable names. That's going to be a great way to start off the night. So I'm excited to see that on top of the top three fights. So it is a pretty stacked five fights, and I'm excited for it. I think I was I if I had to pick, I'll lean towards 267. Right, um, right off of just watching and seeing. Uh, sorry, looking at both cards, but 268 is right there too. This is <laughs> going to be a great card. I'm a huge Gaethje fan, so I, I'm really excited to see him go off against Michael Chandler. That's one I, I want to get both your opinions on here because that's going to be a hell of a fight, I think. But just before we get into some of that, you know, is there anything to this idea? You know, before it was kind of cool. You know, uh, we talked about it this this Saturday afternoon, just kind of hang back and watch. Uh, you know, some daytime fights you don't get to see all the time. But maybe that takes some of the I don't know how to word it. The, the special feel, like that big oh, fight feel, totally. is hard to find at four thirty in the afternoon, right? And unless you've managed to find a couple of uh, Caesars in the morning or something <laughs> to help get things going, as I think you can as, find one of those pretty easily. Right? Right? So, um, <laughs> oh, by four we're we're well past the Caesars, yeah. right? That's oh yeah, the prelims at ten thirty for yeah. sure. So, is there anything to be said for like? I, I guess I'm sort of of two minds. The fact that you have them going back to back weekends. I don't know. I, I wonder if it might be a little bit too much, but at the same time, this one is a completely different thing. And I wonder if you guys buy into the, you know, and it sounds like you do, but the the late night thing, the big fight feel, and the fact that it's it's Madison Square Garden, right? That's mm-hmm. a big deal to a lot of people in New York City. And New York was one of the last states to sign on in the U.S. to allow these things to happen. I don't know. There's for a lot of people. Being at the garden gives it that extra even push of, of a little gravitas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Madison Square Garden is one where it's always a, a special night uh, where it is, but there's something to be said about, I, I, and I like the afternoon fight because it's something different, yeah. and the UFC has tried to push for it a lot more recently, uh, especially with the, they're, they're trying to get more ES, uh, ABC fights, yeah. um, especially, so that's where it is, and I believe the last time uh, Justin Gaethje fought was against Habib Nurmagomedov, which was in the afternoon at Fight Island. Yeah, It was right. an afternoon fight, because I remember rushing home and watching that fight, I think around Five o'clock. Um, if I can remember, I don't know if it was Gaethje's last a year fight, ago. but it was. It, yeah, he it, hasn't fought since uh, Habib okay. Nurmagomedov. Okay, then there it is. Yeah, and and, and for no reason too, because and we'll get more into it later because uh, I'm a big Jason, Justin Gaethje guy. But that I believe was Fight Island in the afternoon. Okay, what yeah, about you, Creech? Does the garden matter? It. Yeah, yeah, it totally yeah. matters yeah. to me. And and I don't know 
if it's because um, partly because I I've got a family and and we do things during the day, but I'm right. not I'm not getting all my buddies together at like two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> on a Saturday to to watch a, a fight card. Like I to me when I think of a pa- like getting a pay per view UFC event that's that that is at least a little bit stacked. I'm thinking ten o'clock, yep. um, and, and like of course there's the prelims, but sure. but all the guys get together, all the guys guys and girls get together for ten o'clock. Make sure that uh, <laughs> everyone's watching then, and you got a couple drinks going, and and you have a good Saturday night. Like that's for sure. It's it's like it, it's prime time. It's yeah. that's that's it's the part way of the I tradition it. of it yeah. too, right? It's what you grew. It's how you got into the sport. It's meant to be late night. It's it's there's just something about it, and I don't know why. Like I'm not a you know, not a Rangers fan or a Knicks fan or whatever, but there is something when they say live from Madison Square Garden, you go, hmm, all right. Like, this is probably going to be a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. why don't we look at the card a little bit? The main event, uh, Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington. Um, and Bunda, you mentioned back on uh, on last week's show, kind of, you know, hinting towards this one, but Usman has cleaned out this division. Um, mm. and, and we're waiting for some stars to be made and, and to see what might come next. And so we're seeing some repeat fights and, and this is one of them. It's, it's Covington again. Um, you know, there's no, uh, no love loss there. They're, these guys aren't mm-hmm. exactly big fans of each other. Uh, was this the right fight to make for Usman considering, you know, that he's sort of been through everybody. Um, I, I guess so, right? The the problem with Usman, if he's not going to move up or down, is, is to kind of just wait until someone gets there. Like, he's fighting and beating everyone he needs to. And you go to Colby Covington, does he deserve this? Well, he, he may as well. Like, he beat Tyrone Woodley, but, uh, you, know, you know, the Paul brothers did, so who cares, <laughs> right? Like, it's, you know, come on, like, get out of here with, the, uh, with this guy. But I um, thought we were going to get through both of these shows, two episodes without yeah. bringing up the Paul brothers. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm more in the area of why Leon Edwards has hasn't gotten a fight, uh, hasn't gotten that chance yet. It feels like Dana's pissed at him. Yeah. he turned it down the once, eh? Because it was right after, right around the holidays or something. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting beef there, for, yeah. I, and I don't know a lot of it. Feels like there's something, right? Like, it's just different. Um, but you know what? This was when they fought. Like, that was a that was a great tilt between Usman and and, and Covington and, and, you know, breaking yep. his jaw. You know, I, I like Creech. Like, I, I love the way Kamaru Usman handles his fights. Um, he's becoming a, a fighter that was just so known for his wrestling and his ability, but he didn't have that knockout power. And then the way he finished off uh, Dorino Gilbert Burns, was just like, oh, this guy's right there here. Is, yeah. yeah, like he's got some serious power and now he's starting to become a more complete fighter and he's 19-1, and one, he's the champ. And he's uh, such an asshole, which, yeah. which sells I fights. I like him. I, I do. No, I do too, but... Kamara Usman? Yeah. I, I don't think he's an asshole. You I don't think... I think no. there's some stuff in some of those promo videos and stuff. You come off, you're like, mm, man. Yeah. He's an angry guy sometimes. Like I, I, I think maybe part of that is the guys he's fought, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. Covington, yeah. hatred there. Yeah. Masvidal, like lots of, lots yeah, of lots hatred of there too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, I just view him as like a professional. Like he's just a professional okay. and, yeah. and, and he's prepared and, and, and yeah, you, you talked about the, uh, the knock it over of Gilbert Burns and <laughs> when he put Jorge Masvidal to sleep, like yeah. that was mm. ferocious. That was a statement. And like, I, I was already, when, when he b- beat Woodley and I know you're joking about the Paul brothers, but, <laughs> but he took the, 
the title from Woodley. It's not like yeah. he did this when Woodley had lost three no, or four no, in a row. No, no, no. Like, true, yeah. He was the one that first was he like, He derailed oh him, right? Yeah, he <laughs> dominated him. Yeah. Like, yeah. he won every round of that fight, mopped the floor with him, and, and sent then Woodley went on his run. Woodley off to MTV Celebrity Boxing. <laughs> where he still can't win. Getting tattoos. <laughs> and like, getting tattoos of... Uh, yeah, oh my God. The guy hasn't won a round in who knows when, but... Yeah, no, and, and this is one too where um, I, I was uh, watching a Dana White interview with uh, you know our pal Aaron Bronstetter, and he talked about. He's like, you look at the cards, and this was before two sixty seven. He's like, look at all the next future cards. He's like, give me the one fight you want to see the most. Um, and, and this had Francis and Gano versus Cyril gone. Like you're like you're talking every one of these title fights. He's like, you could pick one. Which one do you want to watch the most? He said that one. He said Usman versus Col- uh, Covington too. And he's like, this is one I I really want to see now. And I'm curious to see. I, I'm not saying that uh, Kamar Usman has a chance to lose here because you know I think Covington's a guy that he plays his bad boy kind of yeah. uh, loves his Donald Trump and his America and he he's yeah. really outspoken and he he kind of plays that villain card the whole time and he he tries to bring that out of Kamara Usman but at the end of the day he's a really good fighter and he's a tough SOB uh, but uh, you know if Usman can show some of that power we'll see how it goes I, I'm curious to see how this one goes out Creech you think that, uh, that yeah, Usman going, may may lose no, this any chance no I don't think so yeah. like I think there's a chance there's like, a chance there's always but, a chance but, but, yeah, there's like, a puncher's chance yeah. right and Kobe Covington he, he's he's definitely a talented fighter I just think that the, the resume that Usman's put up um, throughout his reign here is is way more impressive uh, than than what Covington has done, and, and like he was waiting around for picking his fights and, yeah. and, and 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 waiting on certain fights and stuff. So he's only since breaking his jaw, um, he's only fight he's only fought Tyron Woodley. Um, so which he handled, <laughs> yeah, which he did. I think there was like a rib injury or something that. But uh, I think Usman's fought three times since. Yeah, then, hasn't yeah. He? Like he's he's not backing away from anybody. No, uh, no, I I'm so impressed by this yeah. guy, and I, I like. I like him I too. When I said he's such an asshole, I meant it <laughs> respectfully. I but, oh yeah, but I guess you guys aren't feeling me there, so that's fine. Maybe uh, I, no, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Maybe yeah. you've uh, you've definitely seen some some more <laughs> like pre-fight videos. I used to, I don't know about you guys, but I used to always watch the embedded in in like leading up to big cards. Yeah. Not all of them, like some of them I didn't care about, but there's some personalities that's like, oh, I'm watching every episode of this embedded. Right. I haven't done that for like maybe throughout the pandemic. I don't know why. Well, don't you think that goes back to what we talked about last week, that maybe just some of the personalities just aren't maybe. quite as... I don't know I still because think there's the fights... been guys that have fought lately that I really like yeah. or really hate. Yeah. And okay. I just, I guess I just, it wasn't on my radar for whatever Yeah, to reason. me the fights are every bit mm. as good as they've ever been, but there's just some personality drag where you're just, yeah, some of those videos, uh, and I love the ones, like uh, for a long time, um, and maybe it seems kind of silly to draw the parallel, but a lot of people would say one of the reasons that WCW died and WWF lived was the those leading into every match on pay-per-view, there would be this video package of why these two guys hate each other and are fighting. They did it so much better. The UFC took that, took it to a real sport and ran with it. And Mm -hmm. all those videos, you know, where they're sitting in front of the black, the black background and they talk about why they hate each other. And, you know, maybe some of them don't actually believe it and they're just getting themselves psyched up. But those in card, once you've bought the pay-per-view, those interviews, those kind of backstories were always incredible. And I even find some of them to be lagging just a little bit. But again, I I just think there's less personality. As it's become more and more of a sport and less and less of a freak show like it Mm -hmm. was in the early days, you know, maybe there's guys that 
I don't hate this guy. He's just the next one in front of me as I go out to, to fight tonight, right? Like, it, yeah. And so it, it takes maybe some of the personality away, maybe. Well, well, the toughest part is being able to handle both at the same time, right? Yep. Which it's not natural where you, you do want to bring in wrestling and you talk about that. And even for boxing, right? Showbiz. You look at Mayweather. He was the one that could sell anything. And yeah. sure enough, he sold him versus Logan Paul or Jake Paul. I don't know who he, <laughs> who he fought, but, um, but, but he was a guy, though, that can get in there. So. And who did he... Logan. Yeah, but and then he went and got in bed with, if you know, uh, Conor McGregor, another guy that he was so good at it that at early on he when you can have the mic skills to sell your fights. Did and, you guys buy that Conor versus Floyd? Did you pay for it? Uh, I think I did. Did you creep? Uh no, I I don't remember. I watched it. I don't remember. I if bought I paid it, for it or I, I had I, people over. Exactly. I had people I'm over. A, I'm I'm I would consider a reasonably knowledgeable um, MMA viewer. I don't know anywhere near as much about boxing, but I knew Floyd was far better than Connor in that element. And mm-hmm. they still talked it up to a point where like, I want to watch that. And I'll spend the, what I think it was like 90 bucks or something to buy that I one. Remember, I yeah. think I bought it, but it would have been a scenario where I was, like with buddies and we each yeah, sure. like 10 bucks each or something. But to Bunda's point, the, to, the, the skill of being able to sell I already knew how that fight was going to end, yeah. and I'm still like, I, I think I'm going to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and the and tours, were the four or five cities they went to? They went, did they not go to Toronto? Toronto, yeah, was, yeah, one of the, Toronto yeah. was like, I think known one of the as like the ones. best yeah, one, yeah. the second best one. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of... So wasn't that the one where Connor wore the uh, the suit with the dollar signs as pinstripes? Uh, what, no, what? he had, uh, I think the... Yeah. Can we swear on this podcast? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it said, fuck you. Oh, you're right. That was it. I was going to say, I wasn't sure about the swear either. No, it's fine. Okay. Somewhere uh, else, somebody wore the, 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 maybe I'm thinking of the million dollars. Well, yeah, I think that something. was, a, it was a custom suit. Like he's got that tailored for himself. So yeah. I don't know if he's got royalties on it or whatever, <laughs> but royalties, but. But um, to be able to sell something when we all should have known exactly what 100%. was going to happen, it's a, a huge skill. And that's where we talk, you know, we could talk about how UFC has had a trouble marketing their fighters, but boxing, that used to be their bread and butter too. You go back through the years and that was what would sell, yeah. right? That was the big thing. You go back to Muhammad Ali. He was the king of the oh mic. God, and you go yes. back through the years, Mike Tyson, like all these guys that just, when they were in front of the mic, they would Dredder sell. Tatum. Yeah. They would sell their <laughs> fights so strongly and it was like, okay, now you got to the UFC. And it was like, you had a couple guys that were just some badass guys that were, were good at doing it, but like they weren't really good. Right. And then you got to, you know, Conor McGregor became that guy that <laughs> understood awesome. the whole role, yep. but then now he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth with well, the way he he's can't fa- back it up. Not anymore. anymore right. right. The, he's, he's, he's forgotten. Like stardom hit Conor differently where yes. he became about his Lamborghini yacht and. Well, did Deronda too, right? Like it's, it's, you wonder when you start to get yeah. to a certain point and you forget movie roles and yeah, you're doing other things. It's hard to keep grinding. What's, yeah. What's it? I yeah. can't remember. There's a quote from an old boxer, an old fighter, something. It's, it's hard to get up at 5 a.m. to run when you're asleep in silk sheets or something like yes. that. And you're like, okay, I, makes sense, right? And, For sure. And, and that's where the UFC is. They, they want to find that next guy, and and they I believe they were really pushing for uh, Israel Adesanya, and, and that didn't work out when he lost to uh, Jan Bokovic, and he still has time. I'm sure he does, but yeah. um, 
you know, when you look at a lot of oh, these he's guys. he's a superstar. He's a pure stud. He just went up a weight class and for sure. he's too small. He, yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I, he's, he's an entertainer. I, yeah. He's he's at that level. Yeah, and, and he is, but I talk about this global superstar that everybody knows, and, right. you know, you ask the average person who knows UFC, they'll throw out Chuck Liddell or, you know, they'll go and they'll throw out guys that's like, no, they don't, GSP, it's like, they don't fight Do anymore. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know, you want people to know who the stars of today are, and right. it's like, um, you know, we joke with Steve Lloyd every once in a while. He knows Cowboy, and he's like, and maybe John Jones. And he's like, that's it. Like, <laughs> well, he, he doesn't. It uh, won't be a lot longer that he'll he'll know both of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like you know the UFC is in a spot where you want to start building, and you know maybe Francis Ngannou is that next guy. I'm not sure um, that can get there if he can get a couple oh, wins. He, he can, uh, who doesn't like to see heavyweights going? That's, well, and that's where the same he thing has the boxing. And honestly, that's right. The yeah. big boys sell, right? I, mm-hmm. I can remember. I have it's uh, like guaranteed knockout. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cousin, he could care less about MMA. He doesn't hate it, but he's not a fan. If he's sitting at home by himself, he's never going to look it up. But I said, come over. Um, this was whatever, whenever he won the title, like February, March, or whatever. And uh, we'll order it. And it was still pandemic time, so we actually moved the TV into the garage and uh, had, you know, the door open, keep the, the air flowing, whatever. I said, just come watch this guy. And it was Francis Ngannou. Mm-hmm. And it was a, f- the guy's throwing mailboxes mm-hmm. for fists, <laughs> right? And, and he's just a monster. And the way, the thing that my cousin kept coming back to, who's never seen this guy before, was in that pre-fight video, Ngannou is not yelling He's not getting all fired up. And he's like, he's just, con- I will come in and destroy you. And he's like, that's terrifying. <laughs> right? right? Like, he's just so calm about it. He just knows that's what's going to happen. And sure enough, he comes in and I don't even remember who he beat now for the, the title there, but destroyed him. And it, you can, the, the heavyweights will always Stipe, right? be. Yeah, yeah, it was, that's right. It was Miocic. I was blanking on that for a while. Yeah. Um, the heavyweights. Will always sell, and especially when you have a guy like Ngannou. I, I don't know, you know, does the the same with Blahovich, same with a couple of these guys. Does the fact that English isn't their first language stop them from becoming the you know big spokesman in North America? That you know, it, I guess never was really a problem from Ray Anderson Silva. Um, GSP could speak passable English, obviously <laughs> it was fine, but you, you, there was some a pretty thick accent there as well. You just wonder. Mm. You're almost looking for your your Mike Tyson, who's just a, uh, you know, smack talking. The same with Muhammad Ali, where they just English is the first language, and and you know they can just come out and spit at anybody. And I just wonder if that sort of thing holds you back in a sport that is so. I just don't even know. Like I, I think it's where like, if the interview sells grow, the fight, but I, I just don't. I think they've they've got everyone. Who's into fighting? Yeah, like I, I just think that there's a well, that's a good point. That don't want to watch fighting. Like they, I think you guys were on shortly after one of the ABC fights in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about there's this thing where you want to be on the dial as in the afternoon when you're flipping around looking for your college football mm-hmm. or your whatever, and hopefully catch some new people at the same time. If your kids are running around the house with you, you don't want them watching it, so you probably keep flipping, right? It, at some point, maybe the sport just is what it is and isn't going to get any bigger than the hardcore fan. But, but back when Brock like, used to roll in or Ronda would yeah. have it, like there are still mm-hmm. names, Connor, sure. that can blow it up big. But CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. 
I was well. He got his ass tanned twice. Did please. he even fight in the UFC? Yeah, twice. 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 It was not yeah. good. No, he got destroyed both times. Yeah. Um, yeah, both times by no namers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so got blown out both times, but sold a pile of fights. fights. <laughs> they were brutal. They were yeah. both awful. Yeah. They really. Were. And I, I do think something has to be said about you know if you can win the UK, um, and that's yeah. where the Connor factor was. What when you can take over the UK and like the Irish fans and you know that that really kind of resonates and, and it can kind of bring up because you win North America already being good right because of Canada United States so big yeah. but if you can get and that's where like I brought up this Patty Pimblett guy earlier if this you know if this English fella can come in and hey you know they just actually get name. yeah but uh and Patty the <laughs> Batty too Patty Pimblett yeah and it's just such a, a funny I'm guy to punch some faces yeah but <laughs> if they can work the mic and they can and they can back it up it, that's what sells right Right? And that's where you'll get people that notice them. You become more of the, you know, a face, whereas you know you're just an, another guy in North America. I do believe yeah. it's something else. Is it Bimlet, Patty Bimlet? Yeah, Pimblet, Pimblet. Yeah, Patty Bangers and Mash Bimblet. I think that's oh, Patty be the Batty man. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, the Batty's pretty good too. Yeah. All right, we'll allow it, but uh, we'll fall back to the Bangers and Mash. Um, I guess we've kind of come a long way, but it's a worthwhile conversation that just what is the ceiling for this sport and mm-hmm. is it ever going to be something that's fully accepted? Maybe it isn't. Um, there, like there are for sure still, like you guys are right with like the big names and the Brock Lesnar's, like there can still be more like reach. Yeah. But like like Israel Adesanya, Kamaru Usman, like if you pay any attention oh, to fantastic. mixed martial arts, like you you know that they're superstars. Yes. Like, but the guy watching SportsCenter on ESPN maybe doesn't. Yeah, no, but I just, I don't think that the UFC has a problem because they're smashing numbers. Like yeah. they're putting up mm-hmm. massive numbers almost every time. So I, I I guess it could get bigger in the sense like you look at what the the Paul brothers are doing or whatever in terms of money. Mm. I promise you, I I don't I, know how they make the money because I will never pay for one of those fights. The, and there are people who, who are. And I, you look, we, we've joked about it almost every time you guys have been on. I don't get it. Maybe I'm just the old out of touch. I don't even know who these guys are. Like I, I do didn't now. Until the first one, right? But uh, yeah, me too. But obviously, like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, this guy has like 100 million followers. Yeah. How, how have I never heard of right. this person's name? At some oh, point, it's there's two it's, of them. Right. What? <laughs> At some point, it's them. me. Right. Like yeah. I'm out of touch. I don't know. So when I go, this is garbage. I can't believe people are watching this. And everyone else is watching this, maybe it's me, right? So so I do get that. If you can create a spectacle and create things mm. that people want to see, uh, so be it. Um, but I, I I don't really get the appeal of that. But why don't we bring it back to 268 here? <laughs> we've, we've taken a bit of a tangent, but that's all right. That's what this show is all about. Um, we talked about whether or not Covington was the right choice to do again or the, the, you know, whether it was deserving to do this again because Usman has cleaned out the entire division. Why don't we talk about the fight itself? Um, look, Usman has, has dominated pretty much everybody for at least the last 18 months. Like it, it really hasn't been close. Um, you know, he's taken a couple of, who did he fight last that landed just a couple of shots in like the second round that rattled him a bit? Who was his last? Masvidal. Was, Masvidal. Yeah, yeah he, there was a, there was a few moments where, oh, maybe. Yeah, no, Masvidal definitely landed a couple strikes where it was like, I, watching as an Usman f- supporter, I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. got him. So as you look at this, I, I think we all agree that Usman is obviously the favorite, but what has to happen 
if if Covington is going to make this interesting. He just needs to land one, man. Like this, this is a guy that he's tough. Like we watched him pretty much get knocked out, I believe, in the fifth round. And it was because his jaw was broken right, and he yes. was still fighting and still standing in He's there. Tough, he, he is tough, man. And that's what you need to do against a, a guy like Kamara Usman. But you got to catch him and you got to finish him, right? We saw you brought up uh, Masvidal. You go back to Gilbert Burns. He almost yes. he hit with uh, Usman in the first round of their fight. And it looked like there was a chance it could be over right then and there. And I, it kind of s- scared me a bit. And then Usman got it together and ended up knocking him out in the second round. But, um, it's something where you need to just jump on it and you have to catch these guys because we talk so much about how dominant they are and how good they are and we can't see them losing. You have to catch them and yeah. you just they make mistakes themselves. Yep. And you got to try and find them, catch themselves. And that's the only thing that I think... Matt uh, Sarah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's talented and tough. Yep. I just think... And like I'm not saying he can't win because obviously he has an opportunity to. I just... Sure. I, I think... Again, I've said this before, but there's levels, and I just think Usman's on a different level yeah. than everyone in that division right now. And yeah. I'm not saying he's untouchable. Like, as you know, anyone can lose sure. any given fight. I, I just I think he's on another level compared to Covington. I love the hatred, though. I love when there's makes guys it more interesting. Other, yeah. For sure, it does. He's a very smart fighter, too, Usman, and he knows what he's doing, and he, he doesn't engage fully with these opponents. But what he does is he puts himself in a position where he knows a weakness or a way to distract his opponent that tries to read him. Right. Right. Like he's a guy that where Kamara Usman, how do you want to win? Okay, you want to wrestle this guy? Not going to happen. Right. He's a great I wrestler. I know what you want to do to me. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to allow it. And that's where now that we're seeing him with the knockout power and his finishability, where it's like, dude, this guy could be untouchable very soon. And, and so now where he's getting into a spot where he's finding ways to throw his opponents off, whether it's the foot stomps against Masvidal in the first fight that they had that really bothered Masvidal. It's like, come on, this guy's stomping on my foot the whole fight. But really, it just threw him off. And he was it just, would miss him it, it rattled him. And it's like, okay. And then, you know, okay, he's never going to box against Dorino Burns. Oh, he boxed him and yeah. then he knocked him out. And then here comes Masvidal again. It's like, dude, no. Like yeah. it's not happening. This is a guy that just understands the smart level of fighting and just how knows how to finish. And he f- focuses so much on himself. I feel like it's it's such a good way to fight as well. Uh, the other title fight on this one, Thug Rose. I think we all have a, a soft spot for Rose Nami Yunus. Not uh, take, all of us. Okay. All right. Oh, well, no, no. Yeah. I, I love her. Yeah, love me her. and Creech. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fan. So uh, she's taking on Weili Zhang. Um, that's going to be an interesting fight. I think this is Rose's first defense uh, of the title, if I'm not mistaken. This time, yeah. Yeah, so uh, what do you make of this one, Creech? I'm going to hand it to you first yeah. since we've got a hater sitting at the other end of the table. Haley <laughs> is uh, super dangerous. Um, she's unreal. Uh, I'm nervous. This is one of those ones where uh, definitely nervous heading into it just based on, on her resume. Uh, I, I know that that head kick that Rose threw at her. <laughs> Was mm-hmm. insane. Was like you can still see it now. Yes. One was that was year. It was April twenty. Oh, that was this year. Wow. You know what? This, uh, this pandemic. <laughs> it's honestly, it's been time has. This no is meaning. this is a rematch of the last fight too. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But it, it just yeah. Like I'm I'm I have no idea which way this is gonna go. Um, I, I think they're they're pretty evenly matched. They're both superstars, and uh, I'm pulling for Rose. But this is a this is a dangerous fight for her. What do you think, Bunda? 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't have anything against Rose Namajunas, but I, I love Zhang Weili. I think she's she's dangerous, she's nasty, um, and she's so focused, and she's someone that when you get in there, I just love her fighting style where she, she's not in your face, but she counter-strikes so well. Yeah. And for Rose Namajunas, right, she's been up and down, and she went through a different situation, where, and then she got back to herself. And you saw her fight against Zhang Weili last, where she was just on the ball, where you don't give your opponent a chance to counter-strike. And that's right. what happened. And um, I'm a big Zhang Weili, like I said, fan. I, I, I like her. Uh, nothing against Rose Namajunas, but I'm, I'm pulling for her in this fight. Mm. Rose is just like... you. When she was champion, it was like it was too much for her. Like it, yeah. the mental health part of it, she um, she she has said on the record that it just it impacted her big time, and then and then she lost her her title and has has worked on on herself and her mind and everything, and and she's back, and that like that was that was incredible. I was so happy to see that. Like it, yeah, I you dug said it too. you love her. How yeah? What, what do you love about her? Well, I, again, there's this, this is a, the, the, it's a it's a battle back thing, and it was almost you can see almost the same thing that she went through outside of the octagon inside the octagon. Like it, it just doesn't feel like she's ever going to give up on a moment. You've seen her in a few fights where she's down and it feels like they're just getting ready to tighten something up and she'll find an escape or there's just something about this kind of, I don't know. There's just something about her that you're like, I really want to see this fighter do well. I yeah. really want good. She seems like a good person. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Sorry, Bunda. You know, you got, you, <laughs> no, I've, like I said, I've got, I've got nothing against her. Well, it's, let me ask you, Bunda. Like, you mentioned, and, and you're correct, like, um, Wei Li Zhang is this very good counter puncher. And I think that works really well when you're the champion. But when you are the challenger, you have to instigate a little bit, right? The tie is always going to go to the champ now, right? So you better be bringing it. And Rose really doesn't have to be the aggressor now. She's the defender. And so if you're waiting to counter against her and she's got nothing, like no reason to really come at you, like it, it, it does shift the dynamics a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, but at the same time, all you need to do is catch her, right? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Y- you know, Rose isn't going to just walk around there waiting for uh, Waylee to just get in her face. Like it's something where you need to, you need to. It's it's a chess match where yeah. you know what someone's got to go in there and control the fight, right? That's part of the judges' scores. You know, round control, fight control, and who lands more punches and whatnot. And if, uh, like I said, this is one where these two, uh, this is a great straw weight fight. I'm I'm excited for it, but. These two, like they fought a couple times. This is, I believe, their second or third fight now. Um, but this is one where uh, you go into it, and for Weili Zhang, it's like, okay, she she got stunned in the last fight. I'm curious to see how she bounces back now, just both mentally, but mm-hmm. does she change her approach where she wants to be the aggressor? She wants to strike first and use her her dominant striking, but change up her fighting style. That would be something I'm curious to see. And for Rose Nami Yunus now, when you like you won, you had that big thunderous you know win where you caught everybody. You were, everyone was so jacked up and excited for you. How do you bounce back? How do you back that up? That's right. where I'm curious. I, there's a lot of intrigue on this fight on both sides. Um, my fandom for for Wiley, I'm I'm gonna go for her, but I have no issues with uh, Rose Namajunas. Predictions? Oh man, <laughs> give me Wiley. <laughs> I kind of feel that way too, uh, to be yeah, honest I with you. Feel that way I too. I want Rose to win, but I, I, I well, you I, go first. I'm th- I'll, I'll say Wiley Zhang, but I think it's probably Rose. Let's go. Uh, All right, that a boy, that a boy, holding tough. Yeah, yeah. No, we I get like up that. A clean sweep, so. 
Well, why don't we move down to the next one here on the card? Because to me, and, and you guys both referenced that this is going to be a really interesting fight. Uh, Justin Gaethje is always can't miss. Like, that guy has action-packed fights all Violent, the time. Man. Yeah, always incredible. And he's taking on Michael Chandler, who just walked into the UFC and immediately made an impact and went like, hey, I know I'm new here, but I'm in line for a title shot like right now mm-hmm. um, and has immediately made an impact. What do you guys make of this one? I'll go first on Dan Hooker because I know Bunda just Bunda has said that he, he loves Gaethje, so I'll, I'll... So you mean Michael Chandler? Sorry? Did I say... What did I say? Dan, Dan Hooker. Hooker. Oh, you know why? You know <laughs> on why? one week's rest. No, 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 no. Awesome, eh? This is why I said Dan Hooker. I'll go first on Michael Chandler because I was thinking about his... When you said the entrance to the UFC. Yeah, I just walked. He, he, what was it, like two minutes? Knocks yeah. out Dan Hooker? Yeah. Like, just... Welcome to the UFC. <laughs> it was electrifying. The guy shredded. He has like 0% body fat. It was, it, and that, I think that was at uh, Fight Island as well too. I that believe fight. so, yeah. Um, so th- that was that was awesome. And then remember the when he gets the title fight against Oliveira, um, he had an opportunity to win that fight. It looked like he, <laughs> he had was a couple winning times. that yeah, fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like to start that, it was, oh my goodness, he's, this guy is going to be the UFC champion all of a sudden right. and uh, Oliveira snatched it uh, victory from him and, and like no I, mean, I don't mean that Oliveira wasn't full value but sure. it, like to start that fight I think everyone thought that Michael Chandler was going to be UFC champion yeah. at lightweight and uh, and he didn't end up winning so his his brawling and the electricity that he's brought in just two fights to the UFC yeah, I, I'm super pumped up for it I know I said Dan Hooker but I, I, that's what I was thinking as soon as you said what he walked yeah that's in, who he walked in Dan over Hooker. top of yeah that's right. he walked all over him so I that's the the part I'll tee up Michael Chandler and I'll let uh, Bunda say what he wants about Gaethje here yeah no well Gaethje's a guy that he's he's kind of a, a lone wolf he goes in there he trains with Kamaru Usman like this is a guy that knows what's going on but he's a lone wolf in terms of his division and he's like look I'm coming in here to fight I just want to fight and I I feel like he's always had that rotten relationship with Dana where he said after his loss that I've never made up he's like well I got choked out I you know I didn't get beat up hopefully fight again this year he hasn't fought since last September when he lost That's to Habib Nurmagomedov, right? And he didn't have any reasons not to. And there was rumors that he was going to walk away. There was rumors he was going to retire. Uh, but Justin Gage, he's a guy that nobody talks about um, his wrestling. Yeah. And that's where I want to see if, you know what? He knows that he's going in against a guy like Michael Chandler, who is a banger. Like this yes. guy throws him, like Creech said. Like he comes in flying. Um, and Gage, can too. Um, so that's the thing. It's like, do you want to throw or is he, are we going to start seeing a guy that's never attempted a takedown who's a wrestling <laughs> champion, um, go in there and is he going to start, you know, using that to his ability here? But I'm, I mean, this one's going to be great. I think this has the fight of the night kind of, I got uh, that feeling too. Yeah. Man. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, unless something happens crazy <laughs> in the next fireworks here. Yeah. This is the one where I think we're going to see just some, some monsters out there and for for Justin Gaethje, like I said, he hasn't fought since last September. How is he feeling out there? I want to see if he's good. Like he's a guy that he really wants to kind of put himself back in that. He's the number two lightweight. Uh, you know, he's a guy that is going to be looking for a title shot, right? He had his one against Habib Nurmagomedov. He, I know he wants to get back there. Uh, you know, he I know he wants to stick it to the UFC and Dana White and all that. Uh, and for Michael Chandler, like this is a guy that just came over from the promotion. He's new. He's a, he wants to get back into that. Like you said, he almost beat Charles Oliveira in that first round. He was a monster. This is like this. This is one where this is a slugfest. I want to see if it's a slugfest or if Gaethje tries to do something different here. But yeah. don't you feel like the reason he hasn't fought is because he's getting screwed over. He was like the forgotten guy 
in, in that division with the whole Connor, Dustin Poirier, N- Nurmagomedov retiring. Like it was like mm-hmm. everyone yeah, else's name was being mentioned for except for fourteen months. So I don't months. mind that. I don't mind if he waited because he deserves a title shot. Well, do you think that's with that in mind? Like you would think both of these guys very very highly rated. Um, if the winner, you would think, should be in line for a title fight, but. Chandler just had one, and they don't seem to like Gaethje very much. Well, if Gaethje wins this, he'll get a title shot. You look at that lightweight division right now and where things are going, like there's a lot to be said about the top of it, but for Charles Oliveira, like he wants to fight. Dustin Poirier deserves that shot. Um, He's going to get that next shot. Um, So we'll see how that goes, but I believe the winner of that will face a guy, if Justin Gaethje can win that, uh, that's a big one. And then, you know, you still got Benil Derouche, who's right there with Michael Chandler. Uh, you, You can go up a bit. There's Islam Makachev. He wins his fight. Uh, that's another name to keep an eye on right there. Uh, you know, Tony Ferguson's going to be fighting a guy. Oh, yeah. It looks like we'll see him fight Nate Diaz. That'll be some interesting <laughs> fun. But that lightweight division is going to be huge. So you think Chandler might have to get another one before he gets it. If Gagey wins, he probably gets a title shot. It, but uh, but Chandler may have to, to get another one. Bef- I another don't know. F- if, he, if he wins, and like, why not? Like, why not? Go right back. Fashion? Yeah. 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 It, I guess it depends how... Like it, the Dustin Poirier, yeah, uh, Oliveira plays out, but mm-hmm. but yeah, like if if Poirier, if Oliveira retains, then maybe Michael Chandler doesn't get the yeah. immediate. Uh, I don't know. It, it, a number of things could play out, but it, like it's it's a deep it's, division. It, but it's I do been think for so long, eh? Yeah, like, and ever since Connor came up and won the title, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like there's a bit of distance right now between the top kind of three, four guys, and then. Like it's not a huge drop off, but it does feel like there's a bit of a gap after that. At least to me, I mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be um, to me this as as you know we've all sort of alluded to now serious potential for fireworks here and and possibly fight of the night, maybe yeah. knockout of the night. Uh, there could like all of these fights could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, well the like the yeah three if Rose wants to throw were... another head kick like that, she's gonna <laughs> yeah. she's gonna get some bonus money too coming 100%. out of this card. So that was incredible. So. Um, what else on this card has your, uh, your attention? We, we all kind of said that this one was a little bit more top heavy, but you know, we'll open her up here if there's anything else on this card that, uh, that has your interest peaked. I leave that to Bunda, I think for the most part. He like seems I, to be the deep dive guy. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like, uh, I know a little bit in, in terms of up and comers, but I. No, I'm in, with you. I. In terms of this card. Yeah. No, I, uh, like obviously I know who Ally Aquinta is, but. Sure. Yeah. The real estate agent from yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> He, he can be fun. Actually, Bunda and I covered if him you in lived Ottawa here. here. Yeah. No, I remember when you he came here, now. people were asking him if he was looking at real estate. He's like, yeah, I always got to look for real estate. <laughs> um, but like that's, you know, and that's just goes to show where some of these guys that are ranked, uh, you know, they, they don't make that big money. And, you know, he ended up getting beat up by Cowboy here in Ottawa. But no, the one fight I am looking forward to, it's it's nothing, you know, like an under the radar. But, or just down at like... Yeah. Out of the cabin or something. Oh, uh, yeah. And so my big one I'm looking at is uh, Frank Edgar versus Marilyn Vera. Yeah. It's the the night. Uh, it's the first fight of the the pay per view where I think that one has a, a you know the low key under the table that could be you know a fight of the night. Just two guys that won the night name recognition uh, recognition, but just two guys that are also just very, just highlight kind of guys that it's just the perfect kind of fight. You start the pay per view off to get everything going and fireworks in the crowd. I hope so. I I just. I want, Frankie I, Edgar's forty years old. He's lost so many fights recently. Like mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. Like I, by reputation, yeah, yeah. Like it's Frankie Edgar. Everyone loves Frankie Edgar. But sure. He's just lost so many times since 
mm-hmm. what, 2016. I know he has a few wins in here again against some really good opponents too, but he's just it, – it's been a tough go for him. And, and is, I think all these uh, – all these fight of the nights. We're talking about fight of the nights. All the fight of the nights that Frankie Edgar has been a part of maybe just caught up to him a little bit. Plus mm-hmm. age, he's, he's 40. So I, I don't know if that's high. I like watching him fight. I just don't know if it's high on my radar because I don't want to see him like get knocked out or I, I don't want to see his career kind of go down that that kind of no. path. No, it's, and you, you hate to see any of these guys hang around a little too long, right? If if it's done, let it be done, right? Don't kind of tarnish your legacy too. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, it, you know, we're both being kind of down on them. Like, let's see how it goes here this Saturday. I, you know, I, I don't mean to be down. I no. just, I don't want to see a guy like that. Like, it's the same thing like with watching Cowboy right now. Like, I love Cowboy. Yeah. I don't want to see him get knocked out no. again. Like, I just, it, you're a legend and I, like, I'm not going to tell a fighter not to fight. Like, I, how do you? Well, it's not like somebody should, your... otherwise you keep seeing, yes, like yes. W- we've seen Tito versus Chuck as recently as like a year ago in some yeah. sideshow, f- <laughs> whatever. And yeah, great comment. Yeah. You know what? Great comment. At and some somebody point, should, somebody tell them should. to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe Frankie's not there yet, but no, I, I just, not. I get the feeling like I'm comparing it to other fighters where it's like, oh man, like you were a legend and I, I know it's how do you tell a fighter not to fight anymore. Right. But, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully he wins. Hopefully he puts on a nice show. Yeah, and keep an eye on TJ Laramie. He's a Canadian. Uh, you know, he's coming off a loss, but he's got a fight in the early prelims. You know what? Maybe take an eye on him. See if he, he can get a W in the, in the early prelims. Not even the prelims, the early prelims. Yeah. So that would be my one name I'll throw out there for Bundes you guys. good for always throwing out the, uh, he, the Canadian he's, to look out Yeah, for. he's taking the deep dive. We appreciate mm-hmm. that because uh, – that one's free. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And and that's what we like, right? And and especially for uh you know, that's how they they gain these uh these new viewers. As we talked earlier, they need to keep finding new fans. All of this stuff, if you're kinda on the fence with the UFC, the prelims were all on TSN. So you can catch that for free on uh, on Saturday night before the pay per view. I think it probably started around eight o'clock. You know how free that one is? Um I'm just looking at this uh, the score app here, and uh, he's not even on it. So. Yeah, <laughs> super <laughs> early prelims, baby. Yeah. Okay, so that one's on Facebook too. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> look, guys, uh, really appreciate it. We invited you in last week, and uh, you know, we had so much to get to that uh, had to have you back a second time. So really mm. appreciate you making time for back to back weeks, and uh, you know, now that the uh, the world's opening up a little bit again, I hope you will come back and we can we can do this a little more regularly. Absolutely. Oh, man, always, always. Just give us a call. Right on. Um, what do we think of the beers, I guess, before we get out of here? You know what? Refresh my memory. Here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's Mine was solid. I, I'm all about this big bear, or no, bear hug IPA. Bear hug IPA. You know what? Not bad. Okay. Yeah, this was good too. This yeah. was good too. Bubble Stash IPA from Hop Valley. Hopefully see on Saturday night some... Uh, some smash instead of some stash. We'll see what that. Ooh, I don't know yeah. where I was going. I thought I had something and I whiffed on it. So no, that was good. That's, you should just roll with it. Nah, striking out, waving at it's it. It's like me with my names here. You just yeah. you just keep going and act like it's the name. <laughs> yes. That's the yeah. way it's for, supposed to be pronounced. Yeah. No, I'm just out here waving at it. So we'll wind this one down here uh, for Graham Creech and Steve Bunda. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you all for checking out uh, this episode. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talkin Audio, and we will see you all next time. Y'all yeah, ain't got nothing else for me to write. I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. And y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.